So, morning, morning. Um, so, a humble tale. So, um, I've actually just got a question here. Should we be celebrating Christmas? And don't worry, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But I, I do think it's an important question because we are Christians. And uh, some of us were wearing red hats this morning. And there's pagan symbolism in there somewhere. Um, and I'm not making light of it, by the way. Uh, you didn't see me wearing anything at all. And there's no brandy in that cake either. Even though the cake is 200 years old, the brandy has evaporated over that time. So I think I just did ask the question. And it's important to ask questions. I think, should we be celebrating Christmas? And I mean, the Old Testament is full of these feasts. And you can start Leviticus 23. Who here has read Leviticus recently? It really makes good bedtime reading. You know, when you're battling with insomnia, no, I'm not making light of it. It's, it is good in context. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Number one, Christmas and Easter. Okay, they're not there. Okay, there's the Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, trumpets, Pentecost, Day of Atonement, Tabernacles, New Moon Festivals, social and family feasts, and there's a lot more. However, there's no commandment in the New Testament to celebrate Christmas, or Easter for that matter. But I will say the following, God doesn't change. And you know, we do have communion. That is a commandment. And wow, okay, let's not go serious. Um, I, I think I'm going to just jump that way. It's a matter of conscience. So you're in a grace-based church. What does that mean? And I think Romans 14, 4, verse 6 sums it up. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servant, stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Oh, Richard, you're going so heavy this morning. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Christmas or Easter. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does to the Lord. So to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. So this Christmas thing, it's a matter of conscience. But I really believe that we're here to celebrate. And that we, through Christ, He redeemed all things. Everything. Everything. And I'll, I'll come to that a little bit later. So, we celebrate Christmas as a family. And I've heard of some families that haven't. And that's okay. And we don't judge. Either way. But that's not why I'm here to preach about today. I didn't prepare very well. Sorry, Steve. I'm going to need help. Because, you know, Christmas turkey, I battled with it last night. <laughs> um, so, whoops. What? I've just given it away. What is the most iconic thing that you think about when you see Christmas? Okay, don't all rush. Christmas tree, pagan, Santa Claus. 
more pagans in the church. Come on, guys, help me. The nativity scene. Thanks, Jan. True. That's why they lead as leaders. There we go. Turn to the old cake. Okay. So I'm going to need some help here. Um, I, I didn't read my scriptures, so I don't remember who was in the nativity scene. Okay. So who, who can help me here? Any of the young folk around? Who's in the nativity scene? Okay, where's Ismay? Ismay. Can and help me here, Ismay. I need a helper. I need a helper here. Okay. Terry, come up. Where's Doug? Doug, get out here. You're a wise man. Everyone with no hair or some hair, that's gray. <laughs> Who else? Dave, come on. No, your other Dave. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. Just sort them out. Is, is just sort them out quickly. Yeah. Who else is in the scene? Who else is in the scene? Help me out. Okay, Anna, come up. Come up. She, come, okay, that's going to just make uh, everyone disincentivize that one. Okay. We need a Mary. Who else? Who else? Reuben, you look like Joseph. There we go. Okay, come, I need some help. Who else was there on the day? Come on, Mr. Sharks. Yeah, you can be a... You look like a shepherd, a shark shepherd. What's a shark shark? Anyway, shark shepherd. Okay, who else was at the nativity scene? We're done, Mary. Joseph, we've got Joseph, haven't we? Reuben's Joseph. Who else? Well done, Tams. There's a, okay, there's baby Jesus. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to come back to him just now. Yeah. Yeah, Mary, you hold this. You guys stand in the middle here between these handsome. It just blew my punchline. Okay, who else was at the nativity scene? Angels, who said that? Come on up. Gabriel, move it. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to change your black for white. Um, there we go. We've got stature. We have stature here. Okay, there's some other things that were at. Who, what else was at the nativity scene? What animals? Donkey. Come, I need, I need someone here. Graham, you're looking bored. <laughs> you're going to have to swap hats there, Graham. Okay, and, the, and there's, there's a tail there, I believe. Yeah. Okay, and what else? There's another, there are a couple of other creatures. What other animals? Sheep. Who said that? Come and help me. Come and help me here. Oh, there's the shepherd. Yeah, but you can represent the sheep. Now, this actually looks like Humphrey, my bulldog. He also leaves Christmas presents for us around the house. <laughs> no, no, we haven't done that yet. Okay. And we need, we need, we need someone who's relatively stubborn. Uh, who can... Steve. No, we, <laughs> jokes. Yeah, come on, Steve. Come on, Steve. Yeah, you. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Pick one. Joking. Okay. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> there'll come a time of payback, I suspect. <laughs> There's a holy cow there. <laughs> a holy cow. There we go. <laughs> okay. Just everyone, just now's your time to take the photos, please. The sermon's over. Amen. We can go home. Excellent jokes. Okay, so we have a cast of actors. There's Jesus, Mary, Joseph, shepherds, three wise men, the kings, or kings, angels, and of course the donkey and the ox that appear in these scenes. Okay. But I want to just read the scripture because a lot of this doesn't actually appear in scripture. So what we're going to do is we're going to read the scriptures and we're going to eliminate some of our extras. Okay. Okay, you get to stay, you know, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, so what does the Bible say about Jesus' birth? Matthew 1.18 and, and Luke 2 also has these two stories. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Okay, and so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth. Okay, donkey, just get in front here. Anna, you get onto the back of the donkey. Okay, oh, there, okay, gentle, there we go, okay, wait, okay, let's just see, okay, okay, there we go, cut that scene, cut that scene, okay, 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 stop, stop, it's fine, <laughs> Anna, you can get up, <laughs> okay, just kidding, <laughs> wait till you see what I get the donkey to do, no, oh, I've done that already, okay, so, Caesar Augustus issued a decree, and they go off to Bethlehem, and there's no place in the inn. And so they go, and David, okay, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David. Because he belonged to the house of the line of David, he went there to register with Mary. He was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Okay, so the child's prematurely appeared, but that's okay, we'll deal with that. While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, that's your most, there we go, a son. She wrapped him in the cloth and placed him in a manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, and there was, okay, so at the time of the birth, it's just Mary and Joseph at that particular stage. And then there were shepherds living up out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. Okay, let's hear the sheep, you've got to bleat. There we go, okay. And then an angel of the Lord appeared, that, uh, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Okay, I should have flicked the scriptures there. Okay, and if you can read that. Oops, no, you can't. I read it for you. Peace on earth and to those on whom favor rests. And I'm going to finish up now with the last portion of the scripture. And when the angels had left them and gone to heaven. Okay, angels go. There's only one. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what the, these things that have happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary 
and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Shepherds off, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which is just as had been told. Okay, so who are we left with? Okay, we left with, no, no, we left with a couple of extras here. You are these wise gentlemen over here. Okay, and so you actually don't appear at the birth scene. So off you go. Just leave your stuff behind. But thank you very much for your... So they're not there. They appear two years later or so. Okay, and so often the nativity scene, we show them there. But they, 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 it took them two years to travel. No, no, I don't think you're going anywhere. You too. <laughs> okay, so I want who is the most important member of the nativity scene? It's the donkey. Okay, no, not quite. It is Jesus, but I want to preach about the donkey today. Okay, just come, Mr. Donkey. The ox. Ox can take a breather. Steve, thanks. <laughs> you, can, you can keep that. <laughs> okay. Joseph and Mary, it's going to be a long preach. Not a long preach. You can grab a seat at the moment. But I'm going to talk about donkeys today. Why donkeys? Concerning donkeys. Concerning donkeys. Okay, donkeys appear 18 times in the scriptures, roughly. Didn't count them myself. But Abraham was riding donkeys. Jacob was as well. Jacob's sons, when they went to Israel, uh, to, to Egypt to get food, there's Moses. Abigail loaded, loaded a whole lot of donkeys and took food to David. Job talks quite a bit about donkeys. Who's the, what's the most famous donkey in the Bible? The talking donkey. Do you know that there are only two creatures that talk in the whole Bible? Okay, well, donkey was one. Who's the other one? The snake, yeah, Satan. So the donkey and the snake are the two okay, animals that have been recorded as talking. Now, there's a moment in Bible that's quite significant. And that's when Jesus rides a donkey into Jerusalem. So, the story is captured in Matthew 21, and he commands his disciples to go and find him. He says, there will be a donkey, and with it, it's a colt, it's foal, which is a colt, is a male donkey that hasn't been ridden before. And he rides this donkey into Jerusalem. Now, it's quite significant. It normally takes about a year or two to train a horse or a donkey so you can ride it. So, this Jesus... The donkey knew Jesus and allowed him to ride it into Jerusalem. Well, the, the cult at that stage. Um, why do you think Jesus chose a donkey and not a horse? Because a horse was the Roman symbol of leadership. I mean, you would never find a Roman emperor riding Caesar on his donkey. 
That picture just doesn't come to mind. <laughs> Go, Caesar! I'm going into battle! Faster! <laughs> Don't think we're going to win this race. The chariot race of donkeys in the Colosseum. I, I don't know. It just doesn't come to mind, eh? Ben-Hur. I'm going to win this one. <laughs> okay. um, so, there's symbolism behind this donkey. Maybe I'll come back to it. But it, it, Jesus was a king, but he chose a donkey to ride into. And it symbolized a different sort of leadership role, that of peace as opposed to war, because the horse symbolized battle, and the donkey symbolized servanthood. It was an animal that was used for the plow and for carrying and bearing a weight. And Jesus didn't bow to peer pressure, because there would have been peer pressure on him to be the king that everyone expected. What can we learn from our donkey are we there yet? Um, no, there's still got another 20 minutes of preaching. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. Philippians' humility. As stubborn as a donkey. Yes. Okay, we sometimes use other words like colt and mule. Hey. Um, and as I one. Verse 3 talks about, so where did the ox and the donkey appear? How did they appear in the nativity scene? It has to do with a manger. You see, it's this particular verse that brought the donkey and the ox into the nativity scene. Um, and it's, it's, because they don't appear in with that, myth, that, that, that section of the, the birth of Jesus doesn't talk about animals. doesn't talk about a sheep being present. doesn't talk about the ox being present. It doesn't talk about a donkey being present. So how did they appear? So it came from this verse, Isaiah 1 verse 3. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manager. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. Manger. Manger. Its owner's manger. Okay. I've obviously missed something. Um, it's talking about a rebellious and a stubborn people using probably the two most stubborn animals that you can find. I mean, if you had to list stubborn animals, other than my particular bulldog, which probably ranks number three, donkey, ox, bulldog. Um, I mean, these are probably the two most stubbornest creatures you can find, as stubborn as a, don't be a stubborn ox. Um, so, but what it's saying is that Israel were more stubborn than these animals. These animals know their master's voice, and they know where they can get sustenance. They know where the manger is. They know where the bread, the food is. They know their master's voice. But this people, Israel at the time, were stubborn. They didn't. And so there's an issue of stubbornness that comes with this animal. Oops, which way am I going? And in contrast to that, there is humility of Christ. So Christ chose a stubborn animal to portray his humility. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 11. And this is quite important. 
Paul, speaking to Philippians, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So he was in nature God, but he didn't even seek to be equal with his father. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, like our donkey is a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus was born to die for us. That act was an act of submission to his Father's will. So he was willing to serve us, you and I. And that required humility. If you're going to serve other people, it requires there to be humility in that act. But there is a consequence to that. And so he gets lifted up. Because of that act and that time, his death on the cross, his resurrection after three days, God exalts him to the highest place and gives him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. I mean, that is the most amazing verse that symbolizes Christ. At the name of Jesus. I remember this, this is the verse that kind of brought me to Christ. So I thought, I better do it now. <laughs> Wrong reasons. Because there will come a time when every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that he is Lord. You can choose your time. But it's going to happen. It will happen. Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. God like Satan. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amazing verse. Where from humility to lordship and kingship. And so this donkey symbolizes, Jesus chose the donkey, I believe, to show his humility as the Prince of Peace. And we can choose whether we're going to be the stubborn donkey or we can be humble. Because Philippians says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset. Be humble. Serve each other. And so there is an invitation. And it comes from Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. Now, people will say, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Who's heard that one? Okay. I'm not going to test you on it. But I don't know if I agree with it. Richard, you're being controversial again. Where are you going with this? The thing is, you can't put Christ into anything. You invite him in. You invite him in. You can't take the Lord of Lords and shove him into this and shove him into that. We try and fit him in to mold him into our world. But he's not. He's the Lord of Lords. And the Bible says, Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I'm standing at the door, knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice, and you open the door within, I will come in to you and feast with you, and you will feast with me. 
So it's not putting Christ in, it's inviting Christ in. And if you've been battling with Christmas and getting sucked into the whole commercialism outside of it, which is there, it just is, and wondering what's happening with your heart in all of this, and the joy of Christmas has kind of been lost a bit, there's an invitation. Just invite Jesus back in to your heart. You can't make Christ part of Christmas. He will flow from the inside out. That's how he works. He starts with your heart. And from that change in your heart, your joy will return. The love of other people will return. And all these things will follow. This is the greatest gift that Christ gave us. Is this ability is that we don't have to work for joy. We can't make it happen. It will come out from our hearts. But we just got to keep, and this goes to Christians, keep knocking on the door. Well, Christ is knocking on the door. Just keep letting him in to every area of your life. So the problem is sometimes we let Jesus into certain areas. Jesus, you can come in on a Sunday morning, but I'll leave you behind on a Monday. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So I'm going to finish there. I'm going to thank the donkey and all the other cast members, you've done fantastic. Let's give them a round of a hand. Thank you. And so, Merry Christmas to you all. And to the donkey as a symbol that we can be stubborn of heart or we can be humble of heart. Um, and it's just an illustration. So, let's just pray quickly. Not quickly. Head just like freaks when I say that. Don't say that. Don't don't pray quickly. (laughs) Um, Father, we just give you thanks for such an amazing story that you came into human form and you chose, thank the Lord, thank you Lord that you came humbly to serve Imagine if you were a tyrannical God, (laughs) but you're not. You are a loving God, and it's the love that makes you serve, and you served us by dying on the cross, giving us the path. So we celebrate your birth this morning, and we celebrate the animals that were there, that you chose to put yourself in such a humble setting that everyone can You're accessible to everyone. From the least to the highest, there is no least. With you, everyone is equal. And thank you, Lord, just for making a way, for for taking that step for us. And we just pray that our hearts will be open to constantly let you in. I mean, once you're there, you're there forever. You reside within us forever. We cannot lose our salvation. But I pray for those that haven't let all areas of their life gone or have lost their joy, just to reinvite you in, in a sense, to rekindle that love relationship. To rekindle that love relationship and restore the joy of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.